Welcome back to the Antidote Club podcast. I'm Tamsin and I'm here with Gillian. Um, good morning. Morning. How are you? I'm good. I do think it's kind of funny that we both came on air this morning, logged into Zoom, both with food in our mouth. Slice of toast <laughs> halfway, halfway down our mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was yeah. on yours? I had a um, cinnamon and raisin bagel, which I then spread honey on and then topped up a banana. It was really oh, nice. good. I've not had that before. It was a bit of an inspiration this morning. No kids. Thought, oh. what do I want for breakfast that I can eat in peace while I'm talking to you? So we do that quite often really have breakfast together on a Friday. Yeah, we do. Well, that's because I'm always like to the wire, right? So I arrived with <laughs> my coffee and my toast. Today it was a, a smashed avocado with chili flakes on like sourdough that was probably about six days old that I had to mm-hmm. toast and it was pretty crunchy. Um, but still delicious. Yeah, so sourdough is good. I think it's I've got quite a lot of that in the freezer. I'm just sort of hoping it's gonna be all right. Anyway, yeah, you have my my second favorite breakfast, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for today's uh topic, which mm. is Am I doing intuitive eating wrong? And I don't know about you, but in my coaching practice, this is a question that I'm asked a lot by people who have maybe done like a DIY approach to diet recovery and intuitive eating um, on their own. And then also people who I've worked with and, um, you know, even towards the end of our work, it's this question of like, you know, uh, am I succeeding at the goal, let's say? Yeah. And I think, you know, what you're saying there about, you know, that comes up in practice, I quite often find this is the point where people come to work with me to come and have one-to-one coaching or even come into a group coaching um, sessions because this is the point where they get to, they think, oh, hang on a minute. I've been doing this a while, but I don't think I'm doing it right. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, in our last, uh, uh, one of my client stories in Rachel in the beginning of the year, wasn't it? She talked about this. This is how she came to me. She was like, I've been doing this a while, but I just don't feel like it's clicking. I don't feel like Mm -hmm. I'm doing something right. So we thought it would be a really useful episode for anyone. Yeah especially if this is your first year at it or maybe it's your second year at it or maybe you're thinking about it like it's a good thing to dive into it's interesting you say that people that's the point in which people come to you because when I started my practice like four years ago now intuitive eating and, and like body liberation and whatnot was not really as like I mean it's still not mainstream let's let's say that but it, mm. it wasn't as kind of like well known um or talked about as much as it is now so when I first started my coaching practice people were coming to me with like all the kind of symptoms of food restriction and control you know binging and uh, secret eating and preoccupation all that kind of stuff guilt and shame and I was the one introducing them to this yeah. idea of intuitive eating and they were like you know what is this weird thing and um, whereas now it's like people actually have a, maybe even not an understanding but an awareness as to this this thing that might be a, you know an alternative way of um being around food and, and with our bodies so that feels quite exciting um but yeah I'm I'm excited to dive into this today because I think um I think it is going to resonate with a lot of our listeners. Yeah. And I, and I think how we um, might begin this in order to kind of look at, you know, are we doing it wrong? Well, let's, if if I was asked that by a client in practice, what I would ask back is, 
can we just talk about what your understanding of intuitive eating actually is? Yeah. I think that's where we need to begin because often it's a bit of a misunderstanding as to what it is, right? Yeah, um, I think so. I think the um I think it gets a rough time actually. And I think we you know we've kind of picked it apart a little bit in some ways in previous episodes when we, you know, because we have a slightly different approach to it. But um I think it's seen as this just this way of eating whatever you want and you know just taking away all the rules and just kind of just free reign and that I think that's why sometimes people are frightened of it because they think actually if I'm not dieting I don't want to kind of go to this place where I'm just like wildly like I don't you know I don't know how to be around food I don't trust myself around food therefore if you are telling me I don't have to have rules around food but intuitive eating is so much more than that so Mm. you know let's go for it like what do you describe it as to your clients yeah yeah I think I describe it um as a few things I think it um firstly is I always say it's a shame that we need to actually use the word intuitive eating, right? Because ultimately, if we weren't in the presence of diet culture and anti-fat bias, we wouldn't need the word intuitive. We wouldn't actually need to name it, right? We wouldn't we wouldn't even need a framework for it. It would just be eating. It would just be normal eating. Um, But because diet culture is so prevalent, we actually do need this framework in order to um, divest from diet culture. So I think to begin with, I would say it's a process of of unlearning conditioned thinking around food um, and our body to get us back to what is our innate biological and psychological way of being around food yeah um I also think it's um about being guided by our own inner compass I suppose which I think a lot of people feel like they don't have so it's about kind of getting back in touch uh with that um and it's also about freeing ourselves from guilt and shame it's about having a flexible approach to eating flexible in terms of what the behavior looks like but in, in how we think about it as well um and there's so much dismantling of our um you know anti fat beliefs uh, mm. around this stuff so yeah that's kind of i think how i would describe it yeah, what about I, you i think Similar? so too i think yeah uh, it's just you know about understanding that you can tune into what your body wants but you're also going to be laying you're layering on also like the the thoughts around that about what you are um maybe haven't you know if I if I get to the end of a week and I think my body will start to tell me if I haven't eaten enough vegetables or Mm -hmm. say enough I don't like using those terms but you know what I mean like oh no I'll know I'll know if I've been away or I've been kind of busy and eating stuff I'll be like oh I really really feel like adding some greens in here Mm-hmm. Like I'll know that I want to add like certain types of foods in with stuff. It's about not taking anything away. It's yeah. about, you know, really focusing on um, what I intuitively want and adding in a little bit of kind of, um, and also what's going to be good for me on top of that. Like it's not taking, yeah. it's not having nutrition. something else instead. Yeah. Mm, and yeah. I think that's for me how it is, you know, and again, there's emotion there as well you you know it's your it's your intuition your emotion like and your and your kind of logical rational thought around this stuff you know yeah. that's how yeah. I would kind of describe yeah. it yeah yeah of everything I was thinking when you were saying you know my body will tell me I'm thinking my poop will tell me 
like that's <laughs> but that's, that's your body how, isn't it that's, that's your body my telling body. you like, like mine will tell me through like heartburn or um yeah. lack of sleep like if i've um had coffee too late in the day because it's it's not just food we're talking about anything yeah. that kind of goes in alcohol caffeine is, yeah all that kind absolutely of all the things that you can handle and and really kind of I used to push against that in dieting because I would be eating what I thought I was told to eat and eating in a way that I was like being on plan nothing to do with my body but then when I was binging I still wasn't listening to my body because that wasn't my body's logical thought because that was painful uncomfortable gave side effects like lack of sleep heartburn all those sorts of things and stomach pain I had really bad stomach pains because I used to eat you know considerable amounts of chocolate in one go which I can't do now because I don't I don't one I can eat it whenever I want and I don't need to but it's like listening to my body in that way like when I was dieting I wouldn't have had that either and I think so often that's what it's seen as is the the binging side of what we do in dieting people think that's the intuitive eating that's not it that's not yeah I think I've said this before in the podcast but I think when people stop dieting or when people are just simply off the wagon of dieting right Um, And the experience that sort of out of control, free for all, um, feeling really wild and, 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 um, you know, like completely untrusting and feeling a bit consumed by like how much they're kind of being, you know, controlled by, by food. Um, If, if that's people's experience of what, intuitive eating is then I can absolutely understand why people are like this yeah. is this isn't for me this feels way too kind of like um a quote-unquote unhealthy or um just too like yeah like a free-for-all like I, I can't other I can't really think of another um phrase to use but it doesn't feel good it feels um And when you think about it, that phase, right, if you've come off the back of a period of restriction, Mm -hmm. then the pendulum, we talk about this as being a pendulum, right? You pull back, you pull back the the, the bow and arrow really, really far back when you're restricting. And then once you stop restricting, the bow goes so far in the opposite direction. So if you're coming off the back of a period of restriction, you likely are going to be eating all the foods that you didn't allow yourself to eat when you were on the plan or on the wagon you're likely going to be sort of over your body's kind of like overcompensating um Mm. or or just compensating for what you haven't eaten so it's going to feel it's going to be like oh my god this is a lot of food this is like quote-unquote bad types of food or unhealthful types of food so it's um that is not intuitive eating right that that is that is the 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 opposite and equal reaction to restriction um and and there's so much guilt and shame in that phase right yeah that's what I was just thinking as you were talking there is that actually it's it's anxiety inducing isn't it you're carrying around not only on you like in this yeah you're in this zone of just um kind of eating everything but in the back you're not eating it without guilt and shame you're you're eating it knowing that you at some point are going to have to turn this out and turn this around and you're going to have to get back on the wagon and I think that guilt and shame I think for me are the key things that run through quite a lot of things that we talk about in food and body you know in in um food and body work because it's when that's around that is going to dictate some of the things that you do and how you act and your behaviors and I think 
people can't comprehend Mm. maybe getting to a place of eating without guilt and shame because of the assumption that they will eat in a certain way um and that has always felt guilt guilty and shameful probably since they were a kid because yeah you know the guilt and shame around food starts then doesn't it yeah can I ask you um does your food like if you if we were to do like a is it Vogue that does a what you eat in a day is it Vogue it's no, one of I these, just see it on Instagram or, no, or is it all the time Harper's, it drives me nuts. Harper's Bazaar is one know. of the mags that does the okay. like okay I did what, not know that what what you eat in it what I eat in a day and it's like celebrities right and it's like, oh gosh it's oh not awful like right Gwyneth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, Our no. pal Gwenny. It's not. We're not doing that. But what I, but what I want to ask is, yeah, if we did do that, right, and you weren't a celebrity and you weren't kind of like um making out that you your food was different. Too, um, <laughs> does your food now today yeah. look look vastly different to when you were either like as a dieter on the wagon or off the wagon like how how different is it what what's what's changed in terms of not how you feel but what you actually eat yeah I think it's I think it's different in some ways um in terms of I don't I can't stand having any kind of air food like you know like the replacement food like i joke about these all the time like if, rice it's just, cakes yeah just all the all the substitutes <laughs> yeah. all those things that I used to try and like fill myself up on um I think in terms of like when I eat something I'm eating for health and satisfaction and my hunger if that makes sense so like all those three things that are a key component that doesn't mean I'm adding in spinach on my breakfast because that might not taste good to me on that particular day but I will eat things that so I think my I think breakfast is probably totally different because I eat all the things that I want to eat for breakfast. Mm. Like for example, what I was talking about this morning, mm-hmm. you know, that's typical. That's not just a, like that's not a thing that I only do on a Friday. Mm-hmm. I would typically eat something like that, and sometimes I don't want something like that, and I just want a bowl of fruit or I just want a yogurt or whatever. I just don't have the same. Um, I used to have the same breakfast. There's no there's no weighing involved, so I'm not worrying about that. Um, and I used to just consume all of it, whereas now I don't always. I'll just mm-hmm. stop whenever. Um, but in terms of actual, like actual meals, I think I eat a lot, a lot less chocolate than I ever thought possible. Mm-hmm. I just don't even have it every day. I know some people sort of say, "Oh, I allow myself it every day." I don't even. I don't not allow myself it. Of course, I just don't want it every day, I, and it's so surprising to me because I could have almost sworn to I was addicted to it. Yeah. So I think in terms of like, you know, having like the sweet side of it, not mm. anywhere near what I would have been eating mm. when I was dieting. Um, yeah. But I think in terms of meals, I have a family, I have a young family. I eat with my kids a lot more. That's another thing that I think is different, whereas I would have always made mine different separately. I still mm-hmm. do sometimes when I want something different, but we quite often eat. I eat together with them way more than I used to. I eat earlier. I used to eat later because I would try and eat as late as possible mm. so that I could then go to bed. Does that make sense? Like mm-hmm. I would eat probably around eight o'clock previously. Um, but now because I'm eating with my kids and I am not fearing getting hungry later because if I am, I just eat. I eat with them so I think the meals are not massively different Mm -hmm. you know I'd say I think uh, yeah it's hard to it's hard to sort of think back to those times yeah. before now, you know what yeah. I was eating some of the things I was eating I wouldn't choose to eat now I just wouldn't yeah. choose to eat that yeah. yeah you know and some of the ways I would cook things 
in very kind of like bland ways. Like I eat vegetables exactly almost the same way, almost the same amount as I ever did, really. I add a few more things in now. Like if I have, say I get a takeaway or I get like a ready meal, which I quite often do because my husband's away, I get really busy and I think I just cannot be preparing stuff with two young kids on my own and a dog. Um, And I will now add in veg just alongside them and that's fine it just kind of works for me um but I eat my vegetables in a very different way I used to just boil them and now I have them roasted with cheese and nuts and oils and oh my gosh like the varieties like and you know a staple meal for me is cauliflower cheese and cauliflower Mm. and broccoli cheese Mm. um because I love that but um yeah just eating I think eating vegetables with actual flavor is just a massive difference yeah but yeah seasoning yeah, 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 it's a seasoning and flavor and and yeah. and fats and oils that do help you digest these things yeah. anyway. Yeah. Um and yeah, it's 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 um it's so hard to describe. But yeah, what about you? I eat chocolate every day. Um I I mean there's maybe the odd day that I don't. Uh but that's probably because I've like not being somewhere where I can buy it or I don't have any in the fridge. Like yeah. I I I have a sweet tooth, definitely. Um same with you with vegetables. Like I definitely cook them really differently now. Um I bearing in mind my kind of transition into intuitive eating or diet recovery wasn't necessarily from a place of actual restriction in terms of like um counting calories or anything it was it was from an orthorexic kind of healthy eating place so what's really different now is I will eat white rice I will eat white bread <laughs> like I I whereas before it's like no bread unless it was whole grain yeah. no rice unless it was brown um so and eggs I remember you talking about eggs oh yeah I mean like I I did it all in terms of like cutting out <laughs> the food groups right mm-hmm. um I oh god I love eating cheese and dairy now um but yeah weirdly I still can't drink cow's milk but that's a taste to bud thing that's just that it tastes yeah. sour to me now um but yeah I think largely on the whole they haven't they haven't really changed that much but it's also right now is that is a weird kind of place for me to assess that because I, uh, you know, during the time as a dieter and and even all the way through my recovery up until a year ago, I lived with my ex-husband, right? Mm. And I think depending who you live with can often have a bit of a uh, influence on the types of foods that you eat. Um, yeah. and, and I now really realize actually what an influence he had in terms of like, he, he was quite a, a specific eater there were certain things he just didn't like from a a kind of texture point of view so I would kind of like not have those things either just from a place of like convenience and you know so that I wasn't just buying it for myself and now I'm like why didn't I just buy it for myself Mm -hmm. like now that I'm living on my own it's really interesting how I'm starting to have things in my fridge that I never would have bought before when I, you know, was living with him. So it's a weird time for me to assess it because it's like, well, what was it that that was influenced in my food? Was it dieting and restriction and, and healthy eating, quote unquote, or was it the fact that I was, you know, in partnership with someone who had specific kind of needs around food? Um, hard to say, but um, what I can say is I've never enjoyed food more. <laughs> Yeah, I so, think that's um, yeah, it's really important though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And really also important. never enjoyed it more, but also never thought about it, you know, less, less because yeah. I, this is the thing like when you were asking what even like gosh, I don't even know because 
it's hard to even remember really mm. there's mm. not like I can't you know it's I don't know I can't it's really really hard to kind of explain which I should be able to do you should be because you have a pod you're a podcast host and you should and know also, these things like, I do this all day every day I think I know more about what other people eat than I do because I just don't remember yeah like, I don't really it's think hard about to, it all that it, much I know hard. the things that I like I know yeah. the things that I I think also things like having bread more than once a day or something like that like, I don't have any rules around those things and it doesn't mean I always do that but it just means that I know I can if I want to yeah. I'm not thinking oh I can't have like bread with my soup I'm because I had it for breakfast like it doesn't it doesn't appear in my brain yeah yeah Um, but yeah it's just kind of um, wild you know that we can rewire our brains that way I think that it is but I want to say you know it's been like a few years on that journey of like kind of navigating this stuff and that's what I kind of want people to get to understand I think a lot of people kind of just want to get it nailed Mm -hmm. you know and and they want to get it done and um they kind of that you know when I have clients and they kind of go away with maybe some like little bits to kind of practice with at home they want to have that nailed by the next week and that's not that's not that's not necessary you don't need to do that but that's diet culture right like I totally get it because like I was so easily indoctrinated into diet culture because I am a perfectionist right Mm -hmm. like that suits me if there's a goal and if there's if there's like um something to measure yeah. If there's criteria in order in in which we can judge a performance, like I'm there. That's my bad. Yeah, like I'm all about that. <laughs> Hopefully less so now, but like for a really long time, that's how I that was how my makeup, that was what motivated me. Um, so I definitely see clients coming into this going like, okay, tell me what to do and I'll do it. And, yeah. and I just want to get it nailed and I'm going to work with you for four months or six months and, and I'm going to nail it and I'm going to live happily ever after. And that's diet culture, right? That This idea that there's a right or a wrong, a good or a bad, a success yeah. or a failure. And we really have to change the way in which we kind of assess or judge or review what it, what it is that we're doing yeah. um so uh, you know I, that sort of comes on to our next point in that what is the criteria or or I think as you call it the indicators that we actually might be doing it wrong the 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 topic today is am I doing intuitive eating wrong so so let's look at what the indicators might be that somebody mm. feels like they're doing it wrong right yeah. um and I think probably the one that we both agree on, the, the the biggest one is, but I've not lost weight. Yeah. Or or I've I, either I've gained weight, I've stayed the same, or I've not lost weight. Those three things yeah. are the forefront of people's minds. And we get it because I, I totally, this was me. This was 100%. I was just like, no, this isn't for me. It's not working because of that, because I was trying to do a DIY approach at first. Yeah. You know, a long time ago when I first discovered you know, this kind of work and first thought about this being a possibility for me, I, I went at it with the idea of, oh, this is what I need to according to my hunger and fullness and I will be thinner. And yeah. bodies don't work like that. And yeah, I think it's, I have so much compassion for anybody who kind of comes through with that. And I, I kind of encourage people to be honest about that feeling because yeah. if you're not honest about it, if you're like, no, 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 it's fine. I know like it wouldn't, it's okay to be like if you because you can't work through something that you're exactly. hiding and you're not admitting exactly. so it's never a shameful thing and I'm trying to create space for co- clients to um feel okay with admitting that and 
and then we can talk about why that is yeah it's yeah. such valuable information right yeah I, I I agree like there's no point especially if you come and this is the thing about coaching right if you don't if you aren't in a coaching process and you're doing it on your own I think then it's it's you you're sitting with that feeling of I'm doing it wrong because I'm not losing weight or I'm doing it wrong because I'm gaining weight and you have these judgments but actually you've got nobody to kind of like reflect off of whereas when you're working with someone in a coaching capacity you've got someone to kind of like dive into those things and someone to ask those questions right the hard questions what is it that makes you think you're doing it wrong right if you ask yourself that question like how honest are you going to be and then once you get the answer to that oh well I thought I would lose weight what do you what then do you do with that information right Mm. um but it's really really helpful information and you're absolutely right there's no shame because I don't think I've worked with a single person who hasn't come in thinking even at just at some corner of their mind yeah oh, this is what's going to happen because that's how bodies work, right? That if you eat the quote-unquote right thing and you don't eat the quote-unquote bad things and you only eat when you're hungry and you stop when you're full, then your body's going to find its normal set point weight. And in everybody's mind, set point weight is like normal on the Mm. fucking BMI. And also I think our default position is I am in the wrong. I am doing something wrong. With, I think for anything in our life, I think we quite often just default to that, you know, it's me. Yeah. Are you two, I'm trying to assess, are you of an age group? I mean, you're a similar age to me, right? So I'm guessing. Yeah, so. I mean, you say that. like, if, like I know, I know. Like, I know. Barely a year between us. Oh, I mean, I feel like I'm such a kind of old person these days. That so I do like, I. I don't feel like everybody around me is younger now. Um, I'm not one of those people, but carry you're on. You're not one of those people. <laughs> But I was thinking, like, when I was growing up, there was a show called Ab Fab. Do you remember Ab Fab? Yeah. Right. So, one of the things, and I can't remember their names, but one of them was like, one of, yeah, one of them was like, you know, there's just a thin person inside me bursting to get out. And then the other person says, just the one, dear. Yeah. Right. Total fat phobia. But but it does speak to this idea that we do think that there is a thin person inside us. That is our normal normal, natural, correct, authentic Mm -hmm. true self um, that we try to quote unquote get back to or get to. And it's like, no, that actually isn't everyone's default position. That is brainwashing. That is that is diet culture. A fat body is not a failed thin body. Exactly. And you know, when you talk about programs like that, I think when was I watching that? Well I was probably in my teens, late teens, I want to say. Um and you're absorbing that you're absorbing that massively I know I definitely was definitely definitely and you're looking at essentially straight-sized people on the screen having these conversations and I grew up in a time where there was and I don't want to dive into the media thing but while we're on it I'm just going to say like things like um friends with Monica Mm. and you know yeah like I mean so much we could unpack there but I think um Bridget Jones and oh that, my like, gosh I saw a photo like recently 18. of Bridget Jones with, with her all her diaries and like even the weights that she has on the diaries and oh. I'm like what the fuck were we thinking this is like a bunch of men that has invented but I this never whole questioned story, it like this whole film and it's just like 
this is ridiculous. Yeah, like, I think I think we need an episode on this kind of media stuff. Yeah, we need to I could, I could, I feel like I need hole. that. Like, I feel like that would be a good therapy session for me to kind yeah. of get off my yeah. chest some of the things that I didn't notice that I now notice that I'm angry yeah. about. <laughs> yeah. All right. So moving on. But yeah. The first, the, so the first indicator that somebody might ask mm-hmm. that question and judge that they're not doing intuitive eating correctly is the fact that they're not losing weight or that they are staying the same way or that they are, um, gaining weight and that absolutely is not an indicator that you're doing it wrong if you haven't heard us say before and I say this to all my clients when we begin an intuitive eating journey together is we do not know what's going to happen to your weight you Mm. might gain weight you might stay the same you might lose weight I don't know you don't know and actually nobody knows Mm. and This is a reminder for any of our listeners who might be looking to um, work with a professional around this kind of stuff. This is the biggest red flag. If somebody says to you, they can tell you what's going to happen to your body, run as far away as you can. I know that's probably what you want to hear because none of us, none of us sit easily with uncertainty it's yeah. really scary. We want to know, even if it's, even if it's, you will gain weight, like we just want to know. But the truth is nobody knows the answer to that. Yeah. Run away if they tell you they do. Because your coach, practitioner, dietitian, whoever it is you're working with, if they are, you know, going down the path of intuitive eating with you, what their goal as a professional should be is to get you to a place of peace with food so that you are not in a place of guilt shame anxiety stress you know all or nothing thinking all that kind of stuff that would be that's personally for me I just want people to be able to stop that feeling of hating themselves or whatever their food looks like at the end of it just stop getting to that feeling where they're doing something wrong I kind of want to get them to the place where they're just like this is just my food and this is what it is and actually it's the last thing they're thinking about yeah, you know, so anyway, exactly. Just yeah, exactly. like Julian says, run, run away as hard as it might be. We yeah. push you. But what you really need to be looking for is somebody who is health at every size aligned, which we both yes. are. Um, okay, so the next thing, next indicator I think that we see is somebody who feels like they are still eating the quote-unquote bad foods or or have bad habits or the quote-unquote unhealthy foods. Um, And that in itself really is like a judgment of food, right? So that probably is an indicator that somebody still is not neutral around, not feeling neutral around food, that they're still kind of elevating certain foods and demonizing other foods. But also this complete misconception that we're only going to eat like nutritious like high highly nutritious foods when we're eating intuitively because that's magically all that our body wants and of course food isn't just fuel and this is this is the the kind of thing that that we we that diet culture promotes is that we are these machines and Mm -hmm. we we operate by um consuming nutrients um but actually food is so much more than that food is what connects us socially it's what connects us culturally um it's what soothes us it's what comforts Mm. us um it's so much more um it's celebration it's joy it's pleasure um so of course we're still going to want to eat chocolate of course we're still going to want to eat you know carbs all all the things 
Um, so that definitely isn't a, um, you know, in, in, it's interesting. We were talking about, you were saying like, you don't eat as much chocolate now that you're intuitive eating. And I like eat probably, I wouldn't say like, I, I don't even know in terms of comparatively the amount mm. versus now versus before, but I know before it was in a really chaotic way. It was in mm. a like, not have, it, not have any for like know, two days and then yeah. eat like mountains of the stuff and mm. feel really ill afterwards and feel really guilty afterwards so now it's like the consumption overall might be the same it might be less it might be more it doesn't really matter but it's like it's it it generates no feelings other than like oh that's nice that's why I yeah it, right yeah um so yeah I think I think um definitely this this idea of habits um this this misconception that or this this feeling that if I'm eating chocolate every day or if I want something sweet after every meal, I'm not listening to my body. And um and that that might be the case, right? But it also might not be. It's yeah, like it's, it's not thing. actually I think it's so about individual. your habits. It's about no. how you feel about it. Yeah, I think I think in my mind I always thought that um if I was eating intuitively it would lead me to um because I was coming off the back of this phase of my life it would lead me to um eating quote unquote clean <laughs> mm. <laughs> which you know now I'm like oh my gosh but like that's where my brain was at it was like yeah. you're just going to want all the things that you just haven't been able to convince yourself to eat before that is that's just where it went that's just yeah. that's how it was and it's okay it's all good um so if that's your sort of thoughts and your feelings and that is perfectly normal well, yeah, to think that, but is. that's not the case. It's, um, it's not. yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? Yeah. And then the last one that I have anyway on, on the list here is um, emotional eating. I think there's also this um, feeling that if we are correctly, quote unquote, intuitive eating, we wouldn't turn to food for soothing nervous system regulation comfort all those things and that absolutely isn't true right like food is always going to be a source of that particularly if you are an ex-dieter if you are a dieter in recovery or a recovered dieter you're probably likely to be drawn to food more as a Mm. comforter because it's been something that's been so restricted in your past yeah Um, that definitely isn't an indicator when it comes to emotional eating it's not that that you know some people might work through that and kind of find or you know we 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 would we do work through into emotional eating in terms of you know finding different things to kind of add into your toolbox and under you know getting like more things into your life that isn't just about food but like you say it's not about taking that off the table so that's chances are you might still do that now and again um or always it depends on your depends on your resources doesn't it depends on what you can yeah. actually do yeah um but I think in how we kind of work through that with clients or I me personally is really helping them kind of give themselves permission to mm-hmm. be okay with that like yeah this makes sense I know I'm feeling this way and and also not focusing entirely on the thing that they've eaten actually focus on the emotion if it is a true emotional eating and that's the healing isn't it I know that's separate to not separate to this but it's like it's deeper than than just intuitive eating but when we are that's what I do when we're working through clients and I know you do sort of similar things with working through it it's not about taking it off the table ever it's really about learning how you process those emotions and what you do in those situations where you would normally have just eaten moved on and felt guilt and shame 
Yeah. I love what you said there, which is just such a kind of like, hello, diet culture. When, when you said <laughs> um, it, yeah, people have guilt around emotionally eating and, and, and the, and the, the kind of thing to be addressed with that is the eating. And it's like, what about the emotions? Like, I know. What is no, it? But, what is it you're eating but over? The, yeah. What, but like, like because yeah, it's like, our it's, no, no, it's not the emotions that's the problem. Yeah. It's not the fact <laughs> that like I'm in like a toxic relationship or that or I, I hate have, my like, job or, or I hate uh, my job. Like, that's not the problem. It's the fact that I go home at night and eat ice cream. That's the problem. Yeah. And this stop is doing that. This is the thing is like, Diet I just culture. think our default position mm-hmm. is. I'm the problem. I'm the I'm the thing that needs to be fixed. It's yeah. me, not yeah. the other things going on in our yeah. life. Yeah. yeah. So it's so rife, isn't it? So I think that's how we're socialized though. I think, you know, in some ways, I think that's that's part of it. Yeah. Did you have any others on your list? Um, I think no. Oh, go for it then. Well, just in terms of like, I wanted to talk about. Uh, quite often I have uh, people say, I don't know if I'm doing it right because I feel like I'm still overeating. And there's a couple of things like I wanted to dive into on overeating mm-hmm. um, or quote unquote overeating. The really fact because, that it's not a thing. Yeah, really that it's not a thing. Actually, what what they're saying to me is either, there's two things, either I'm eating more than I think I should be mm-hmm. based on what I would then uncover as diet culture rules and diet culture thinking, because we always mm-hmm. think that um, we would eat less. Mm-hmm. There's this idea that we would um, not eat everything on our plate or not eat as much. And that's mm-hmm. not always the case. It certainly wasn't the case for me because I was eating so little. Mm-hmm. Actually, my meals were bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the other thing we have to think about is when they are talking about feeling like they're eating too much, um, sometimes there is physical sensations that there's physical pain and they are eating past that fullness mm-hmm. and that might be happening. Mm-hmm. But quite often that is because of um, old kind of trauma, maybe with food scarcity, um, yeah. being put on a diet as a child is a huge indicate, like that's a huge factor. Not in, being used like, to feeling just full. Um, uh, yeah, and like getting into the habit of plate clearing. And we can imagine my horror to find mm-hmm. out that my daughter's school is giving out stickers for those who clear their plates, who don't waste food uh. and, you know, kind of pushes us away at a very young age from listening to our bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, things like that, that happened when we were younger. We, I mean, I grew up in a clean your plate household yeah. um, and you're not getting dessert unless you have that. And then when you're a child, it's kind of mm-hmm. hard to get out of that. So I think, when clients come in saying, I, f- I feel like I'm doing this wrong because I feel like I'm eating too much, I will dive into quite a lot of those subjects. So that's yeah. again another thing that, you know, on self-reflection, you are going to believe that the problem is you and you are you need to eat less and you shouldn't yeah. be clearing your plate and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But actually, when you've got somebody in your corner to reflect that back to you, you can kind of dive into all those different scenarios that might be yeah. um, may- might be causing that to happen. Yeah. And actually it might be that you just actually are hungry enough for that food and you need it. Especially if you're coming off the back of severe restriction. Because your portion size is when you're, you know, dieting. Yeah, yeah. And you're going to go through like many a month, likely, of like what what we call in, 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 in our line of work extreme hunger right we are like you really actually have a deficit that needs to be um compensated for and that's frightening right but but in my experience and with clients but myself as well that doesn't stay like that 
that no, that actually no. if you sit with that and allow that mm-hmm. uh, actually can shorten the time that that kind of happened yeah. like I don't feel like that's something that carries on yeah the more you fight depending it depending on kind of longer yeah, it, might, it depends might... on your yeah. history I think it's quite individual actually to be fair I think yeah I mean it's individual of course it is yeah. everybody comes into this process with a different mm. history and for, in yeah. a different point on the diet cycle right yeah. so um of course it's individual was there anything else on your list um did we cover like guilt and shame yeah we were talking about guilt yeah. in terms of eating certain foods so yeah no I I think that was me ticked okay. off yeah. yeah yeah um so I think I think um how I maybe want to finish up is is thinking about what might the indicators um be in terms of um that somebody is quote unquote doing it right okay so the 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 episode here is um am i doing intuitive eating wrong well what would it look like if you were quote unquote yeah. doing it right which by the way, I just want to preface by saying like, isn't a thing, right? It's like, there's mm-hmm. no, there's no tick gold star smiley face. Like it doesn't exist. It's, um, it, it's how, how, how are we measuring it? How, what is the criteria on which we're measuring it? And for me, I would say you can be sure you are likely eating Com- let's say eating competently I quite I think it's Ellen Satter that uses that language there's somebody mm-hmm. who uses that language that I quite like this idea of being a competent eater competent for yourself as in meeting your own needs yeah. your biological and your psychological and your nutritional needs how do we know that's happening well for me it's going to be the absence of um the the, the symptoms right the symptoms being mm-hmm. binge eating yeah like mental like obsession and preoccupation with food secret eating yes um what else guilt and shame so if those things that I've named and I'm sure there's more um Mm. are still prevalent in your life then there's maybe still progress to be made there's maybe still more work to be done Mm. but if those things are absent it doesn't actually matter what your food looks like if those aren't in your life great you're doing it you're doing it yeah yeah absolutely I think that's a really good um way of looking at it like in and flipping that all those things around on its head yeah the absence of those things and you're feeling quite at peace with it and I think there's a difference between um being really truly kind of like eating in a way without guilt and shame as opposed to quite often what I see and this is also fine if this works for you but I find that people it works them to a point and then they don't want to do it they they don't like it they don't like how it feels is when we kind of come off the back of the diet of, of dieting and they adamantly know they don't want to go back to dieting and that's great but feeling into this like well I'm not dieting so I can have I can have all these things mm-hmm. um that's not the same permission I don't think I don't I think that's loaded I think there's some I quite often sense a a, a bit of rebellion maybe which is yeah. totally bloody valid after you've yeah. had decades yeah. worth of dieting and feeling yeah. like you've been made to feel like crap about yourself and then you suddenly realize actually this is not actually how it needs to be there is definitely that you, you have that moment the kind definitely. of fuck it I'm gonna eat everything yeah it is a bit like that and and that's 
you know, I'm not going to say no to anything. I'm going to say yes to whatever I want to say yes to. But I think when you get to, you know, an indicator for me about intuitive eating was be, you know, you are quite content to say yes to things and you're quite content to say no to things because there's this such an idea that, you know, not dieting and intuitive eating is about saying yes to everything. And that's not true. I eat parts say no actually I'm not not really fancying that right now yeah. I'm gonna fit off I oh, know I've just eaten I'm full um without question without thinking about it and I just move on yeah. n- I think that there's such a like a little gray area there that yeah I think yeah kind of, and I think it's tempting to do that I just I don't I, I think I did it to a certain degree you know yeah. it's just like I'm not it's- dieting I can have that yeah, it's and 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 I think what you're saying there is that kind of like I'm gonna have it even if even if I'm full, yeah, I'm gonna say yes to the cookie or yes yeah. to the ice cream, and it's like there's still a bit of there's still a tension there, you know. There's, that's still, the word I'm looking for. Tension. There's still a tension where it's like yes. actually what the goal really is is like how can we find relaxation? How yes. can we feel relaxed and at ease and at peace yeah. and free around food? I also think it's quite loaded with. Um, almost trying to prove to other people that I don't restrict food because yeah. sometimes saying no you know what it's like you get those comments oh you're being good yeah. today and actually you're yeah. not but it feels like it sometimes feels safer around people to say yes so they don't comment depending on your experience and what people's comments are around your body of course but I think oh there's just it's it's such a it's such a complex topic, isn't it? Yeah. It's so huge. It's so individualized. But I think if you're in that zone where you are just saying, I'm not dieting, I'm not, you know, maybe reflect on whether that's feeling good. Like, how are you feeling yeah. about that? And is, is yeah. there a rebellious mindset there? And yeah. are you feeling a bit of guilt and shame in the quiet moments when you're thinking back on it? And yeah, you know. yeah. And I think it's safe to say once you've like the intuitive eating framework as it exists, right? It, 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 that was I think it's been 30 years right now right because oh, it really fighting? yeah wow. um, Evelyn and Elisa's there was a, an article published in the New York Times this oh. week um for their kind of 30 year um mm. anniversary of of the book um which I can't believe it's been so long I mean they're on the fifth revision of the book now right but um yeah. that's how long ago they kind of like um created this framework and what we have to remember is this framework isn't a kind of bible to live by it's not the rules in which that we we need to live or die by what that the reason that framework exists is a tool to help people transition from dieting to 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 feeling more free around food yeah i would say once you've you know really gone through the process of um all those those 10 principles how then your food looks at the end of it right Mm. it's going to be different for everybody I think people have this idea that like wake up in the morning and 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 we've got no plan around food and we open the fridge and we like check in with our hunger scale and then we kind of like take our attention to our taste buds and what do we want (laughs) and it's like that's not how I live my life no most of us are rushing out the door and trying and again this is why I don't kind of go too far into like the mindful side of it because I think yeah we have to we have to recognize that we are still living the same busy lives that we've got and yes it would be lovely if we could sit with a candle and all that kind of stuff every morning but you know when we're having our breakfast but I've got two kids and a dog running around it's like it's crazy you know and even if you haven't there's no I don't think we should be yeah it's not like that we're not sat we're not we're not doing all those things we're not no we're not 
eating in that way and that doesn't mean we're not intuitively eating exactly it's it's what how it works for us exactly because I would bet your version of intuitive eating looks vastly different from mine but the common denominator is we're fine with it like that's basically what we're trying to get to like uh, how comfortable are you being hungry when others aren't hungry yeah yeah how comfortable are you um not eating when you're not hungry and other people are eating yeah that kind of thing because I think other people are quite often the triggers for our kind of like oh I should be doing this or I should be doing that or what other I think I'm very much in the like I'm not triggered by other people's yeah kind of stuff stuff, and and I don't it, it, yeah it's just it's hard it's hard to explain but I think lots of those little indicators would be indicators that maybe you're on the right path or yeah or there's still some things to do because you're never doing it wrong you're always just on the path towards yeah. what's right for you yeah and it ebbs and flows all the time right like it absolutely does um yeah. and, and 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 I kind of I suppose want to finish up by saying you know I want to reiterate that anti this this concept of anti-diet, this mission of anti-diet, it's not anti-health, right? That's no, not, not what all. it is. I mean, I still like, you know, I'm not into New Year's resolutions and I actually think winter is a terrible time to start like <laughs> doing anything new or different. Um, so maybe come the spring, I kind of had this vague inclination of like, I think I want to be like planning meals. I think I want to mm. like have some food in my flat and cook more (laughs) like and that's okay that Mm. for me is in the name of health right it is let's say a health goal but um time is a construct I think starting anything new in January is like a complete fallacy so I'm not starting anything new right now um but come spring once I feel like I'm ready to tackle it I think yeah that is something I want to do but um it's um you know check in with, check in with your motivations if you are yeah. thinking that you want to uh, do something in the pursuit of health for you and yeah. that's okay right absolutely okay um are we good is that us I can we wrap so. up I think that's, yeah that's everything I had on my kind of like you know list of things we wanted to cover yeah all right well yeah. that's a wrap yeah we Thanks. will um see you, see you next time folks bye bye hi it's Gillian just popping in here to let you know that I'm going to be announcing details really, really soon of my next cohort of my group coaching program, Food and Body Freedom. This is my most favorite program that I run. Um, This is the fourth year that I've been running it and it truly gets better and better. Uh, The more experience I have in this field and the more knowledge, the more training I do, more lived experience I have and the more groups that I facilitate, it truly gets better. If you are someone who's maybe listened to this podcast for a while and you've, you're intrigued, you've learned a bit, but you feel like you're not making the progress that you would like to make in terms of healing your relationship with food and body, then I really invite you to check out this program. It's been such a game changer for so many people. Um, and it truly is the most fun yet accountable way of doing this work. Um, the folks who are on my wait list will always get first dibs. So there's a few folks already um, on there. If you want to be the first to be sent the information, along with a, a few kind of little bonuses for uh, folks who come through my wait list, then um, head on over to my website, jillianmccollum.com forward slash group dash coaching um or just go to the food and body freedom section on my website you'll find a link in the show notes 
drop in your details you will be the first to know um, and you can check it out and I really hope that you join me I would love for you to be part of the next group all right I will see you next time bye